Dear listener, we hope that you've been enjoying the variety of podcasts that we have on our network. Now is your opportunity to help us by telling us a little more about you. Please visit jcastnetwork.org survey and complete our listener survey so that we can learn more about you and your listening habits. Again, please visit jcastnetwork.org survey. Thanks so much. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. All right, I love that. May the one who makes peace bring peace down. Peace down. Loving it. That's what Shabbat is all about. Bring peace down to the world. Bring peace down. Wed the outside, the inside, the up and the down. It's a world that is requiring unity and that is the nature of the day according to the Zohar Kadosh. It is a unified dimension, an aspirational unified dimension, you know. So what do we have in store tonight for you guys? Well, let's take a look back at where we were last week, and then let's get here tonight. So last week, we were talking about, remember the spinning fidget, widget? Balancing between the effort, right? You guys have those, I'm sure? Maybe on you right now? I don't even know. Okay, I see one in the back right there. Okay, good. We were talking about that last week. You guys are a week late. But let me tell you what we said. Said that, that obviously in order to spin something like that, just like moving a bicycle wheel along the road, you got to find the balance between pushing it too hard and not pushing it enough. That balance is something, effort, right effort, and especially we talked about climate change and global, uh, the climate march that's happening this weekend in D.C. And we talked about the importance, right, the importance of recognizing obstacles that get in the way of leading into the Holy of Holies. And that we need sobriety, we need honesty, we need to be able to enter that place and not be caught on either side. And so here we are tonight and we arrive at what my friend um, and colleague Rabbi Joy Levitt of the JCC called last night the fly-by parshiot. Meaning parshiot that most rabbis kind of want to just fly by. Tazria Mitzora, this double portion tomorrow morning that milah, and a lot of what we're going to say in the next 15 minutes is directly related to you, Mila. Directly related to you and your name. Tazria Mitzora is a portion that deals with some stuff that was very relevant at a certain point, but has a little bit more of a distance to travel before it becomes relevant for us, yeah? Tazria Mitzora has to do with the ritual cult about impurities, purity, and who's pure and impure. And it specifically targets a condition called Sarat. Sarat. Can everybody say it's hard? Sarat. Yeah? Sarat is a, a kind of a skin affliction that we don't fully understand. It certainly isn't leprosy as it's currently understood, but it, it's the major illness of the Torah. If you could say, what's the Torah's vision of a disease? It would be all of the different skin afflictions that are covered under that broad category. What is the name of it again? Sa? So Sarat which also has a second name, nega. Can you say nega? Nega. Nega literally means something that touches you. It's a kind of a, it's a 
blotch or a, right, exactly. Like, like at least it's just like, boom, nega. These skin afflictions become the archetypal illness, if you were, of the Torah. This skin illness. And as we've said here in, 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 the, in the shul, it shouldn't surprise us that that is the case because skin is a big deal in the Torah. Skin arguably is the most dramatic moment in the Torah. It involves skin. Skin. When Adam and Eve, the archetypal first human beings, are in the garden, does everybody remember this story? I think I don't have to teach it to you or tell it to you. You probably know it already. Backwards and forwards, they're in the garden, and the very smart commander God says to them, you can eat from all of the trees. You can eat from anything in the garden except that one that one in the middle, the center, that one, don't eat that one. Which, of course, leads them to want to eat that one. And, in fact, they do eat that one. And the minute they eat that one, and their eyes open, and they realize that they were naked, they were naked. And the Torah tells us, Vayas Adonai Lohim Lahem could not or Vayal be shame. And at that moment, after we get the list of penalties that you incurred for eating from the tree that I told you not to eat from the one that I told you not to eat one, the right pain of childbirth and all the other things, God says at the end of all of that, let me close this story with a little button. Here are some nice leather jackets. Kut not or. The first appearance of the word in the Torah for skins or ayin vav resh is a covering over the covering of skin. It's skin to skin. The skin of an animal to cover the skin of the human being because at that moment somehow knowledge of good and evil, some kind of entry into the world of duality, of binaries, invites this human being, this humanoid, this earthling, invites that earthling into a relationship of needing clothing somehow. Somehow clothing is an important part of this story, this fall from the Garden of Eden, this mistake, this, this brazen disobedience. Original skin. Original skin was exposed. It was open, it was vulnerable, it was unprotected, there was no armor. Original skin, the natural state of the myth that we have inherited, says that human beings are born without that necessary armoring that we wear all the time, whether it's the clothing we buy or the clothing we make. Or... And I'm so blessed to be living at a point now, and I think it's kind of, I had this realization today, that this is, you know, this is it. I'm watching my third and, without a doubt, final child. <laughs> who is now all of a week before his first birthday, I'm watching that Garden of Eden story happening. I'm, hap I'm watching, right, ontogeny, recapitulating phylogeny, the like, kind of fancy term for human beings becoming the very ev evolving in front of my eyes in the way that the organic universe evolves. And I watch my little boy, Or, whose name means not skin, but light, but Or. I'm watching him play with the boundary as he enters the world of duality of I'm here, you're there, as everything has to be, you know, everything has to be eaten, right? That's his access point to the universe, his skin, his undifferentiated ego, 
still making his way around what's me and what's not me. And the joy of discovering his toes and that they're also a part of his, his sensory purview. And my nose, which is not, but that can be bitten and it can hurt someone else. And the beauty of watching this, this unabashedly honest, real creature, unarmored, undefended, unprotected, and this scariness for me of him living in a world where skin and clothing are so required on so many levels, literally and metaphorically, and that he doesn't yet have it, and he's going to get it, he's getting it, he's adopting and adapting. The fall from grace, the fall from that unitive state is symbolized by skin's relationship to its externalities. The point at which the boundary between me and other, me and you, becomes more clearly delineated where I'm aware of being seen and watched and looked at. So what's in skin? Everything. Should it surprise us then that the Torah's archetype of a, of a disease is a skin affliction? Because in the theology of the Torah and in the theology of the rabbis that I don't agree with, I don't, I don't affirm this theology, but in their theology, every single physical malady, every ailment, every illness is the product, is the effect of a cause that is spiritual, that is unseen. And if you get a skin affliction, there's something spiritually off. I don't buy into that etiology of disease. I don't buy into that way of diagnosing the world. But on some level, I get what they're trying to say. They're trying to say that when you have a skin affliction, you have covered yourself with an arm ring that is itself a reflection of your misorientation of some diseased way of looking at the world of me and you. And the rabbis famously say, let me tell you what the core spiritual ailment that causes the skin disease is. It is motzi shemra. It is gossip. Amar reish lakish zot torat hamitzora lemotzi shemra. Gossip. Social confusion. See, in that conversation, I've been thinking about this a lot today, in the conversation about me and you, there's kind of two categories, and go with me on this, okay? I, you know, I might be wrong, now, you might walk out and say, that was a really silly sermon, I don't get it, I didn't remember any of it, and then he said, and he added that piece at the end, and forget it, but if you, go with me on this, okay? Just like me, not like me. Just like me, not like me. Those are the two frames that I think about all the time when I think about skin. The two frames and the two ways that we can inflect those frames. Yeah, let's try it. Just like me. Just like me. Not like me. Not like me. Just like me. When you look at your child, you look at your friend, you think to yourself, wow, so proud of them. They're just like me. <laughs> just like me. Had that with, with Bear today, you know, he was doing something, or it was tall, someone was like, oh, there it is, chip off the old block, that's great. <laughs> but when they do stuff that I can't stand about myself, then it's like, just like me. He did it again, just like me. That's my karma. <laughs> that's my karma, just like me. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, says the book of Leviticus, and it will be commensurate. Love yourself, see it in the other, love it. Hate it in yourself, see it in the other, hate it. Not like me? Not like me. Man, 
They're not like me. She's not like me. Those Jews, not like me. Those wasps, not like me. Those people who live up north, not like me. Those people who live next door, not like me. That person whose gender is different than me, not like me. We have all of the not like me's lined up. Scary, maybe. Or not like me, mystery. Not like me, diversity. Not like me, dignity. Not like me, the colors in the rainbow, the hues of Jews. Not like me, they come in all different size, shapes, colors, everything. Not like me, great mystery questions. Not like me, source of curiosity. Not like me, community. Just like me, not like me. When we speak about each other, when we talk amongst ourselves about the other who is just like me, not like me, just like me, not like me, when we use what the Torah and what Judaism says is the most powerful representative faculty that makes us holy, which is our ability to speak, the sin within the story of the Garden of Eden is about what we took into our mouths. And the sin of the skin, as it were, is what comes out of our mouth, says the rabbis. How do you use your speech? How do we conduct our conversations? How do we talk amongst ourselves about what it is to be a part of a community? How do we use the words that have been allotted to us in this short life? Does it disclose a deeper dis a confusion about me and you? that I can talk about Rudrani to someone else when she's not there. But the minute Rudrani would walk into the room, I would never say what I'm saying to Jeff about Rudrani because when I see Rudrani, I remember she's just like me. And I would probably hate it if I were in the room and somebody were saying something negative about me. How many people here want to know that somebody who is not here tonight is talking about them right this second? and saying not such nice things. Anybody want to raise their hands? You want that? Now let's be honest. How many of you do that every day? Come on, get your hands up. Come on. If you didn't put your hand up, I guarantee you I know that you're not telling the truth. You have no chance. We do it all the time. We do it for the sake of the business. We do it for the sake of the marriage. We do it for the sake of... Mm, and one of the core principles of what it is to be a part of a community is this. What you don't want having done to you, don't do it to someone else. What you hate, what would make you feel uncomfortable, what would make you feel... I'll tell you something, when I was 24, 25 years old, I was... Um, I was living here on the Upper West Side, and I had a group of friends, and um, I become very friendly with two of them. And one day, I was walking up to the apartment, and I happened, you know, I literally was about to walk in, and I overheard a conversation about me. Anybody ever have that happen to them? I'm not going to ask if you actually sat on the steps and waited for it to happen, but, you know, it crushed me. Crushed me. I remember sitting down on the steps and weeping. Right here on 84th Street in Amsterdam. My friend Steven's apartment. We made up, it's all good. <laughs> Crushed me. 
what corrodes a community and a marriage, what corrodes a friendship, what corrodes a business relationship, what corrodes social fabric that is thick, is when we talk about one another in a way that we would never want to hear someone talking about us. It's as simple as that. The Torah wants us to know. If you speak in that way, it's as if you are wearing clothing on your skin that is made of illness, of disease. You are projecting to the world, you know something, I have something inside and I haven't gotten it out in the right way and so it came out as dis-ease. This is a core principle at Romamu. It is a core principle of my rabbinate, of Rabbi Jessica, of Chazan Basia, of this entire community, is that we are with one another even when we are not with one another. We speak about one another with, with deep dignity and respect. And I'm not calling it out tonight because I heard about something. I'm just saying because tonight is the beginning of a membership drive. And to become a member of a community is to practice a yoga of community. A yoga of community means that when I come into contact with people that I care about, and I walk up and down the aisles with them, and we celebrate celebrations together, and we have shivas together, and we dance and we sing, and we have Kabbalah Shabbat together, and we have harmonicas together, and we have all the things that we have together, it is inevitable that there will be tears in the fabric. And how we mend them is the yoga of community. It distinguishes between a one-night stand Friday night service and a community that loves one another. Because love is courageous. Love says, you know something, Howard? I love you, brother, but you hurt my feelings last week, and i got to talk to you about it. Love says, you know something, uh, the rabbi doesn't seem to be getting back to me, but i got to go confront the rabbi, because if I keep telling people in the community, that creates corrosion. Love says, you know something? I promise not to, to forward that email that was full of casting aspersions on someone who has a family, has children. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to lift up hate, lift up confusion, lift up negativity. I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to find the good points and the good light. That's what it is to be in community. That's what it is to practice community. I'm learning it every day, every week. Rav Pinchas of Kuretz was a great, great Hasidic master. Rav Pinchas of Kuretz. He was a Talmud Chavir, a student slash colleague of the Baal Shem Tov, the great founder of our lineage, the lineage of Hasidut. And he said something very powerful. And I want to close with this. So if you're waiting for the ending, here it is. B'Shem Harav Zichronolivracha. In the name of the great rabbi, meaning the, the, the Baal Shem Tov. Or Ha'adam Humakif Esa Adam. The skin of a person surrounds them. And therefore he said, Diburim, speech, speech is also surrounding energy. And when we speak words that are unhealthy, we surround ourselves with negativity, he says. But when we speak words that are powerful, we surround ourselves with light. And then he says this, he said, if speech is a makif, is something that gives you shmirah, it guards you. That's the reason he said that with babies, she'en lo makifin kokach tzarich shmirah. He says something so beautiful. He says, you know, children, babies, little, little lights, little oars, they don't have speech yet, and so their speech can't defend them. It doesn't act to protect them, so they need even more protection. 
Speech can be protective. Speech, one word, one mi la, one word said in the right way can provide an uplift. One word seeded in the wrong way can destroy. So on tonight, as we open up to this community our membership drive, I'll ask those who are part of the community, let's all take upon ourselves to use our speech to build. Let's all take upon ourselves to use our conversations to shed good light, to to give people the benefit of the doubt, and to remember, just like me, just like me.